Maria Daniels here with Successfully Chaotic, and I have a special guest today. I'm going to let her introduce herself and tell you a little bit about her. I am Stacy Price. Is that me? <laughs> oh, soft podcast. Uh, should I continue? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we we've been we've been chatting and joking, and um, before we even started recording, so we're kind of in a goofy mood now. But yeah. yeah, she has a podcast. I'm gonna let you say what it is because people are probably gonna have the same question I did. What does that mean? And I'll let you go yeah, ahead and go into off. what that mean and where it exactly. came from. <laughs> we'll kind of segue from there. Very good questions. Uh Waste off, you know, my family is from Jamaica, the island, not the city. Uh, born and raised, they came here maybe probably almost I don't know if it's even 30, 40 years ago, but um, my parents would always say waste off to say that you like finish something. And I thought it was an actual word. And I looked it up in the dictionary. It's not there. So I realized be. that <laughs> it should be right. <laughs> so I, I realized that, you know, waste off is waste off. It's two words, not one, but because it, it meant to like finish or complete something, I decided to make that the name of my show. Because when I speak to people on my show, it's like, we discuss about purpose you know, mm-hmm. I realized that with humanity, if you have a definite purpose, like you're focused on something, yeah. chances of you being successful are very high. It's pretty much a guarantee when you're focused on your purpose. So I interview so many people from all over the world, people that do so many things. I just like communication. <laughs> yeah, I do too. And I really love um, just the idea of purpose because I think mm-hmm. I think if you have your purpose figured out, yes. all of the other stuff is kind of side notes because if exactly. you're, in the, you're driving like full force towards your purpose, you got to segue and do little things along the way. And I think for many right. people, um, they think they have to pick one thing and stick with it. It was kind of like the old mentality is you, right. you graduate and you go to college and get a job. You just stay there for like 50 years unless you die first. And then you, yeah. you, <laughs> you, then you retire and then, you know, you live your golden years, but right. that never did really resonate with me. I'm like, mm. I want to live now. Like why wait until like, right. you know, retire? Why not live your life to the fullest now? And my, and my definition of life to the fullest is I'm experiencing mm. life and I like to try mm. different things. And I think right. that, you know, some people get so focused on the idea that their purpose is for later, but you could be living your purpose right now. Ab, I love that you said that so much. <laughs> so many people need to hear that because I used to have that perception too, where I thought that it was something you like, you kind of figure it out. I mean, everybody's to figure it out, but yeah. I thought that it was like, when I grow up, yep. you know, that yep. verbiage yep. when I grow up, it's yep. like, no, like do it now. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think that I think there's this mentality sometimes wrapped around purpose and that it is something that you reach instead of something Mm -hmm. that you experience and that you do. I really think purpose is a verb. It's not a noun, right? Oh, so, man, you're breaking it down. Yeah, I, I mean, I, that's, that's kind of my, and, it, you know, it's, it's something that I've kind of always had inside of me, but I felt like it right. was so outside of the norm of what right. people expected from me that I felt like I was kind of an outsider on my thought process on that. And it took me a while till Mm. I finally didn't care anymore what people thought. And I started living my idea of success, my idea of purpose. And I feel balanced in that because it's, it's what I'm supposed to do. Heck yeah. Like, you know, with me and my upbringing, like 
in, in my house, it's like, you're supposed to work hard. Yeah. You're supposed to work hard and you're supposed to be a provider. You're supposed to help the family. Like it wasn't really about you as an individual. Yeah. And that's where I started to kind of wake up in a sense after I read, um, I don't know if you've read uh, Eckhart Tolle's uh, Power of Now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love oh that God. book. That's that like, book, ooh, yeah. yeah, it really like woke me up and I realized that, holy crap, like, yes, I could go along with, with that leadership and guidance from my family, which it's not necessarily bad if you apply it to your purpose. Yeah. Like your, your purpose does need hard work. You do yeah. need to be dedicated to it. But I had to realize that my upbringing wasn't as, yeah, it it could have been better, of course. But just like you said before, like, you kind of have to pick what's going to work for you and your destiny. Yeah. And and realize that, and you also have to transition out of always looking externally for the answer and start to look internally. And that's how I started to wake up in a sense. Yeah. And I feel the same way. I think, mm-hmm. you know, just that mentality of, well, when I get this done, then I will feel this way or, you know, oh when I reach God, this yes. goal, then I, but then, you know, if you reach that goal or this is how it was with me, I would like mm-hmm. crawl and like get my way finally to my goal. And then I mm-hmm. just wouldn't get that feeling. I thought I would, you know, right. the bark would be moved, you know, I'd move it over here. Well, now this is right. my goal. And I was just in this process of just like endlessly chasing mm-hmm. these goals and, it wasn't that the goals were bad, but they still were chasing what I thought I was supposed to be, you know, mm-hmm. what I, the, what I was supposed to live up to. And like you said, mm-hmm. I was kind of going with the way I'd been raised, you know, mm-hmm. the, the people I was around, which is not necessarily bad, but mm-hmm. I wasn't really honing into what my own internal voice was saying. Exactly. It, I was like, like even talking to my girlfriend the other day and saying how like, I was looking back at the moments where I had friends and I remember it came down to the point where I was like asking them, like, what do you think I should eat? Like, what do you think I should do? Like just natural things that's supposed to come from me. I'm like, Oh my God, I put everything in their hands. Why? I had to ask myself, why did I do that? Yeah. And it's, it is funny because I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of goes back to those establishing those parameters and those boundaries for yourself. And I was terrible at that. Um, I never really seen a good example of it growing up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even, you know, I got married young and have a thousand kids and, you mm-hmm. know, there, there was never that, that those boundaries. I never put them in place. My mom, mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. mom was always, my mom had a lot of kids too. My mom was always kind of mm-hmm. like the martyr of the family. She just mm-hmm. did without, she never really chased her own dreams because she had a husband mm-hmm. and she had kids. And, you know, so it was, it's almost very expected in my family that that's how it goes. Oh, wow. We have a lot in common. You know, it was just, that, <laughs> was, just, yeah, that was just kind of the way that it went. So once I kind of, yeah. I started having kids, I felt like I had to fall into that same martyrdom, mm. you know what I mean? But right. it took me a while for me to figure out that I can, you know, have a family, I can have children, I can be present for them and still follow my own dreams and still do my own thing. You know, that was something I had to learn. Yeah, it's it's a learning experience because you realize that, and I just read this and I have to say it. So I'm reading uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Everybody yeah. knows this book, yeah. but uh, <laughs> you know, I'm reading it and I got, I'm rereading certain parts. By the way, a lot of these books are free on YouTube. Just want yeah. to put that out there, yeah. but <laughs> I'm reading this part and it says, you know, pretty much you got to take the word impossible out of your vocabulary. Yeah. Like he actually said he cut it out of the dictionary because it, it becomes like part of our verbiage like it's crazy like how much 
what we speak becomes reality. What we think becomes reality. And we have to decipher like the difference between the two. Because I thought that my life in so many ways was supposed to be just like my parents. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you get here, you work hard, you get a house, you have kids. Like, it's supposed to go in that order. Everything else is secondary. Like, if you yeah. have a dream, screw your dreams. Like, yeah. I was told from very young, like, I originally wanted to be an astronaut. And my mom was like, what? Are you crazy? You're going to die up there. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? Was, and it crushed me. Yeah. It actually crushed me. And I was just realizing it. And I guess, I, I don't know if you saw in the group where I put that up and and I, uh, what is it? The build your brand challenge. That's yeah. how I met. So. Which I love um, that. I, lo- I, I love Tony and much- Dane. <laughs> oh my God. It's like, I, yeah, I love all how of them real. were so. Yes. They really mastered connecting with humans. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I'm learning that because I didn't grow up that way. I was kind of sheltered. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, from very young, I was kind of taught that like, you can aim high but it's not the best idea and I was like what and it crushed me and I realized that I took that same attitude into every aspect of my life from the people I chose as my friends partners and I was just like oh my god like yeah yeah, you can aim high but not that high you know knock it down yeah Yeah, I had the same thing I I even had and my I love my mom to death and she meant well But, you know, it was kind of one of those things, like, I think she was afraid that I would be disappointed if I didn't Mm. reach that goal. And I think she was trying to protect me. But in reality, I think she made me question why Mm. I was trying at all, because I would have these Mm. big ideas and these big dreams. And I'd be super excited about it. I'd say it. And then I'd be knocked down a few notches. Well, why? Who would want you to do that? I don't know. (laughs) Right. I think, I think generally, like, you know, we're on the other side of the spectrum where we're not the one raising us in a sense, you know? Yeah. So when we look at it from our perspective, it's like, how dare you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but when we look from the other side of the spectrum, yes, they may have some fears or so, but they really just wanted the best for us yeah. and they did the best they could, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I agree. But, and yeah. I know. And I think it's, I mean, I have, like I said, I have kids now and I've obviously got to experience from the parenting side. Yes. I know some of the decisions that I have to make for my kids I, I joke all the time. I'll say something to kids. I'll be like, that's why you could talk about me in therapy one day. You know, it's probably going to happen. And I'm fine with that. You know, it's like, I am doing my best, you know, they're all so different. And half the time you don't know what to do, you know, and I'm straight up with my kids. I'm like, I don't know what you want from me. You know what I mean? It's just kind of one of those things. That I've had to, yeah. I've had to take that outside perspective when I used to hold grudges against my mom and my, my dad for certain things. Yeah, same. And, yeah. But I've come full circle now to say, you know, right. As parents, it is the hardest thing, the right. hardest thing. And I have seven kids and you Whoa. would think, yeah, you would think with having, <laughs> yeah, no, that's a lot. You think, you, and I make the joke, I bet nobody can guess what my hobby was. That's the joke I like to make yeah. all the time. <laughs> So, it's not an appropriate joke, but I say it anyway because it's funny. I love and it it. Gets shot. Yeah. So I, I come up with that when I was pregnant with my seventh one, actually. Um, no, it was oh. my sixth one. I was pregnant with my sixth one. People would, would come up, don't you know what causes that? And I'm like, no, can you draw me a picture? And then I start going with, well, everybody's got to have a hobby. You know, I just wanted the shock factor and it works. You know what? So it is a job. That. It's an occupation. It's tax deductible. Yeah, exactly. It's the oldest profession in the world. Thank you very much. I've always been an entrepreneur, you know. The government so. supports it. Why not? Yeah. So. Anyway, you know, having that many kids, you know, I've come to the point that, you know, if you don't have it figured out, like how to do this parenting thing by seven, 
I don't think there is a way to figure it out because they're right. all so different. Once I think I have it, then this other kid goes on, comes on with this whole different thing. Right. Like, Never right. mind. So right. you know, my, my goal is, my goal is just to do the best that I can, the best Absolutely. that I can. And I am pretty much ticking them off on a regular basis, especially the teenagers. But I think it's, it's like supposed to happen at that age. It is. It's it's rough. I mean, it is like survival oh my of goodness. the fittest. It is survival of the fittest around our house. But you know, it, mm. it's given me some some understanding for my own parents. You know, mm. to say yeah. they didn't know what the hell they were doing either. They did, yeah. and they were just trying to do the best that they could with their yeah. own perspective because life is so perspective. You know, we don't think exactly. about that a lot. We don't, you you know, but they can only make the decisions based on what they've ever experienced. So they've only experienced the idea that they try and they get disappointed. They want to save their baby from that. Right. You know, it it, it makes sense. I mean, it does. And it's, it's, it's allowed me to forgive and to say, okay, well, I understand it. Might not agree with it, but I understand it. Right. And I think that's the major key of what you just said there. Like sometimes, you know, in conversation, whether it's with children or other people, or even in this generation we live in now, we just have to listen to understand and not necessarily listen to reply because when you reply, it becomes this back and forth, but understanding is everything. You don't have to agree. Yeah. Just understand. You know what I mean? And I think that's probably comes up a lot in your household with your, your kids. They're like, I don't want to do this. It's like, okay, but this is why. And they're like, oh, fine. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? That, oh, fine is they understand, but they still don't want to do it. Yeah. But I'm okay with understanding. <laughs> That's how it goes. I mean, and that's, that's part of it. And, you know, in time, like I have one that's out of the house. So she's 21 Mm. and she's just now, I think. You have a 21 year old? I have a 21 year old. Holy moly. And I think the light bulb (laughs) has just now gone off in her head. Right. She's like, oh, okay. Well, I understand a lot of this stuff more than I did. So I'm keeping my, that's given me the hope. Like she's given me hope to say one day they'll get it. Maybe not. Yeah. I'm holding on to that. <laughs> exactly. It's just like anything in life. Like, you know, just like with us, like we went through, uh, you know, a certain upbringing and it's like, we're just like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, this is what you decided to do. And then you have that anger and, and, yeah. and frustration towards it. And then all of a sudden it clicks later, you know, yeah. it clicks when you have kids, it clicks when you get a job, it clicks when you buy a car, like all these things start to come up, you know, but the beautiful thing I think about you know, where I guess where you are in your life is that now you're getting all these lessons and you get to like, to explain it maybe a different way than your parents did to you. Well, and that's, I've always been a big proponent of being completely honest with my kids. I tell them about all the decisions I've made that I shouldn't have made. I tell them all Mm, the things I wish I had never done. And I know (laughs) I've had, I've had friends who are like, why do you tell your kids that? I'm like, why not? (laughs) Why not? Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. I don't want them to put me on a pedestal and think that mom never made mistakes. Right. I would rather tell them, this is what I did. This was the outcome of it. This is why right. I say don't do it. Don't, because if you're just saying don't do it without an example, then exactly. what's their reason? Now, will they still 100% listen? No. But at right. least that you've done your part of going ahead and being real, raw, and honest. And I, you know, I'm, right. I'm a big pusher of that. I don't like this. Heck yeah. And I think that's why I like Tony and Dean so much on stuff. Um, it's because... Right they don't try to be like, well, I just had it all put together and I knew everything. Right. And I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth and right. you know, whatever. They talk about their failures. They talk about how they didn't yeah. know what the hell they were doing at first. And, you know, I like that. And I, I resonate with that because I think right. we all kind of come to our own aha moments. Heck yeah. You know, and, and as we go along and yeah. I, I would say like, 
what 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 brought your parents to the U.S.? Like, why did they leave Jamaica? I mean, I'm sure Holy there was crap. lots of reasons. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, so, from what I've heard, <laughs> the story on the street. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> my dad was um, married previously, okay. and uh, he was with someone in Jamaica. He had three kids, which they all of uh, my siblings live up here in the United States now. Okay. Um, and then I really. To, like, the way I know about it is that he came up here and then he would go back and forth to Jamaica and he eventually met my mom in Jamaica and they got together and then she came up here with him to the United States and it just started. So yeah. up till now, that's the way I understand it. I haven't dug into that. Yeah, I just, really. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of times you'll hear people that, you know, came to the U.S., they're, you know, and- and it was just because that was the place to be. That was another thing that that was the goal. That's the reason I was asking. Like sometimes yeah, it's like that. the U.S. Yeah. is the goal. It's like when yeah. I get there, then I'll have it all figured out. Because right, which you live in the U.S. You know that nobody here has got it all figured out. No, <laughs> I don't. We're figuring it out as we go yeah, along. We all are figuring it's it out. It's so funny. Like when I speak to like in the past, when I would speak to my my family in in Jamaica, or I even have family in England. They're mm-hmm. just like, oh, you know, can you do this for me? Can you do this for me? And I'm like, what do you, what do you, like, I'm just trying to find a way right now. Like yeah. their perception is that it's, everything's perfection up here. Yep. And everything's easy. perfection. And I'm like, no, no, I still go through the same thing. I don't, what are you watching yep. on TV? Yeah. What's your source? What are you speaking yeah. with? <laughs> well, it's funny. I really love getting perspective from people that are in other countries, especially if yeah. um, they've never been to the U.S. My sister, right. um, re- my sister lived in China for about a year. Awesome. And, Holy um, crap. I, yeah, it was pretty cool. But she said that everybody that she talked to there would talk to about her horse. Well, what about your horse? What do you do with your horse? And she's like, my horse, I don't have a, I don't have a horse with a perception. Their stereotype there was that, I guess they watch Westerns. I don't know that we all rode horses. Horses and guns, guns yeah, and horses. Yeah, yeah. So that was, that was the perception. It took her a while to figure that out. And I died because if you think about it, we all accidentally have our own stereotypes. Right. In somewhere. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, what, like when you think about England, you know, you yeah. have a stereotype. When you think, you yeah. know, I think about like the queen and that everybody's all proper, you know. And, yeah. And, and when I think they about drink Africa. Tea 24 hours a day. Yeah. <laughs> and when I think of Africa, I think that there's lions and zebras and stuff everywhere, yeah. which I know people, which Africa is huge. And I know people yeah. there. And I was so, I was so surprised when I was like, like, I was actually zooming with a friend of mine that lives there in Africa. Awesome. And there's like all these like cities in the background. And I'm just like, I'm standing there. I'm like, cause that's not my stereotype. <laughs> my stereotype is that they are in the wild with all the zebras and the lions and the elephants, like, you know, you, could you go to your window? <laughs> Tell me about this yeah. stuff. I mean, that, that's, that's my stereotype. And I even mentioned it to my husband who made fun of me because he was in the Navy and he's been a million places. And he's like, yeah. Africa is huge. I'm like, I know that. He said, you saw the whole <laughs> continent was just like elephants and lions. I was like, I don't know. I was like, I've never been there. So it's just like, awesome. so I mean, I'd say it's the same thing with like the perception. Like people think that everybody right. in the U.S. have money, you know, that we're right. all rich, which right. no. we're not, you know. No. Trust not me, rich, no. you know, <laughs> not yet, I'm like, not yet. <laughs> not yet yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it just goes back to all the stereotypes. And I think right. some of that can be how you were raised. So that's, that's why I was asking, I was wondering if they came here cause they were like, Oh, this is, this is kind of like the pot of yeah. gold at the end of the rainbow. Cause I think a lot of people come from other yeah. countries thinking that, 
And yes. I'm not saying that there's not opportunity. There is opportunities here. There's not oh, in a lot of countries, but absolutely. it is definitely not all easy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like my dad, I know my dad did have plans to go back to Jamaica. Like his plan was not to stay here. Yeah. I, I do believe part of it was to gain finances. And then that was a, like a thing back whenever that was in like the fifties and sixties, yeah. you know, you come to Jamaica or come to America rather you, you gain finance, you get money or whatever. And you, cause the way the, the money would convert would be more, Yeah, you know? So you come up here for a bit and you're supposed to go back down and live your life and have your farm, but it didn't happen that way. You know, I feel like he still feels a little down about that. You know, during these days, my dad's like in his seventies now, my mom's like 60 something. So it's really oh, interesting. Say, I mean, I'd say that'll always be home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like my mom and dad are in different places there. Like my mom is like totally cool with being up here. Cause my mom did not want to stay in Jamaica. Like she had things that were happening there that she was like, hell no, I got to get the heck out of here. Yeah. My dad's the opposite. He was just like, no, I'm here for like a limited time. Like I'm limited, yeah. limited edition, come back down. But you know, so life. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not that familiar with um, Jamaica, you know, culture, especially back in the, you said like the sixties, but was it, was it very, um, stereotypical and male driven society? Is that why maybe your mom felt? That is a very good question. So to my knowledge, I think it was because her upbringing was not the best. Um, she, I, and it's so funny now that I'm looking at it, in this moment because I think the same thing she did to me is the same thing her mom did to her where it was like she had dreams to go to school and Mm -hmm. and to just be the smartest and things like that and her mom was like what no so she ran away and then she ended up at I believe if I'm you know remembering this correctly um I think she went to her uh sister-in-law's uh house and she had promises to send her to school and that never happened. She just in a sense became a maid and she was helping out around the house and it was just not fun there. And that's how she met my dad. She, she said it was kind of like a Cinderella story. So (laughs) it's kind of like, yeah, it's like he (laughs) saved her and she came up here to, to America and, and she also still had dreams to go to school, but due to mindsets, it's like you think that you can't because you have kids. It's it's yeah. not well, that, and, and yeah. you know. And, and, and it does. And she I mean, did her best. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think those things kind of happen accidentally, and it's easy to fall into that because once you right. add kids to the mix, it is harder. Right. I mean, it is absolutely harder because, you know, and I, I talk about this on the show a lot, just mm. because you can have the perfect plan lined out. And then you get up and you're on your way to your meeting where it's all going to change today. Your kid projectile mm-hmm. vomits from the best seat. Yeah. Amazing. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's just like your whole day is turned upside down. And I mean, exactly. that happens. And, and, there's, right. and then that's, that's honestly, that's what this show came from is just doing and speaking engagement, mm. talking about that because mm. having seven kids and one of them's autistic. Okay. My life is like a roller coaster. And the more mm. that I tried to, perfect it the more that mm-hmm. I tried to calm it down the more that I tried to avoid the chaos mm-hmm. I'm driving myself insane because there's no right. stopping chaos because you can't right. stop the kid from getting sick you can't stop the fact that my you know autistic son has a meltdown that day there's right. you know, there's just no there's no planning for a lot of those things and when you know you have an autistic child especially already special yes. child, it almost isolates you from you know all the normal mm-hmm. people you know because yeah. they don't understand <laughs> 
exploiting right. that world. You know what I mean? They, they don't, don't understand. Yeah. And it, and it doesn't isolate people. So it just, it, you had, or I had to, and people mm-hmm. that I talked to is kind of in the same world is you have to kind of figure out, well, what is your, your normal look like? And, you know, how do you tame your chaos? You know, don't try to avoid it. Cause it's going to happen, but how do you it's, kind of, yeah, pre- it's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. How do you pre-plan for when that's, when it's inevitable that something's going to happen? You know, what's your plan B, C, you know, we make mm-hmm. plans all the way down to Z, you know what I mean? Right. It's, just, it's whatever it takes. It's right. I, I have become, you know, an expert at pivoting, you know, and that's mm. why you went this year, people are like, how, you know, how do you do it this year? I'm like, you know, I've had to pivot, but I, I swear I live the life of pivot anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I live the exactly. life of pivot. So exactly. it, it's not been that different. Yeah, I've had a pivot. I've had to do some stuff different, but I do that every single year. I do that every single day. Exactly. You're supposed so, to be adaptable as a human. Yeah. We're made to be adaptable. Exactly. I'm pretty sure like humanity would not exist without being adaptable. Yeah, like, exactly. You know what I mean? So it's, it's kind of like remembering you're human. Yep. Because I feel like some people forget they got to be like 100% all the time go 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 everything has to be perfect and i'm like that you could hope for that yeah but it doesn't work out that way it doesn't and when you start to break down these people that seem to be perfect and seem to have it Mm. all together they are Mm. barely holding it together because holy crap and i know that because i used to be that person i used to be that person when i worked corporate that you know had my mask of perfection on because i was afraid to really Mm -hmm. show my like you said humanness you know to show that you know, I was struggling in my personal life that I was not sleeping at that time. My Mm -hmm. autistic son was super young and didn't need Mm -hmm. sleep. And it was terrible. You know, I wasn't sleeping and I was, Mm -hmm. I was exhausted and stressed and, you know, but I'd go into the office and everything would be perfect. And, you know, and I even had people say to me, I can remember when I kind of started really coming out of that Mm -hmm. fog of thinking that I had to be perfect. Cause I had somebody say to me, they were going through a lot and they were like, well, you wouldn't understand because you got it all together. And I was like, girl I I don't know what I've been like pushing out there to the world but really I was just trying to show how much that I had things together I wasn't trying to put on actual perfection more just that I wasn't the extreme hot mess holy crap you know that I was I just just break in that moment like your eyes start yeah I was like I was like listen I was like that I do not have it all together and it was it was at that moment that I really started trying to be more real, even on social media. Cause I think we fall into this like, Same, social yeah. media trap that we mm-hmm. see all these perfect pictures and these amazing backdrops and, you know, looking right. amazing and I'm hugging and kissing with these perfect clean kids. And, yeah. you know, and then my kids over here, she got gum stuck on her hair. that she got stuck yesterday. Cause I haven't had time to get it out yet. And I'm like, it's fine. We'll get it tomorrow. You know what I mean? And you're like, what am I doing wrong? You know that would I mean? be the perfect picture for your yeah. show. Just, just line is, your family up, hair sticking up. That is how it is. Successfully chaotic. Yeah. Because we have our moments where, you know, yes. I grit my teeth as if you're getting your hair fixed and we're taking this picture and the picture yeah. is perfect, but they don't realize that I just threatened this one with their life. And that one, I just like yeah. hog tied so I could fix his hair. And you know what I mean? It's, it's just, that's the reality behind these pictures right. that everybody think I got it together. So I started sharing all that, you know, I was like, right. I'm gonna put the good, the bad, and the ugly on there and talk about stuff the way that it really is. And absolutely, just, I think that is key because nobody has it together. 
And right. there's different season, seasons in your life where you're going to feel like you have it more together than others. And then you're going to think that you have it all figured out finally. And then something's going to happen. You're going to like trip and fall on a cliff right. and burst into flames. You know, right. it's just going to bust me. I'm like, go on at the other side because I'm stubborn enough <laughs> that I just am not going to quit. Right? It's just like, right. And I, that's you know, the thing. Through all the chaos, your goal or your, what you're supposed to do is just not quit. Yeah. Just don't quit. That's it. Just, just be like, look, I might feel defeated right now and acknowledge it. Like, yeah, I think exactly. that's the thing too. Just like you're saying, like for me too, I'm, I'm very like perfectionist. Like it needs to be just like moral combat, flawless victory every time. Like I'm going to win. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. And although that's yeah. a great yeah. mindset, the reality is there's a lot of bumps in the road. Like oh, yeah. even when I started my show, like, oh my God. So I was reading the book, The Power Now, and I woke up and the first thing I felt was like, oh my God, everything's going to be perfect. Like I'm going to have a show. I'm going to do all the things that I always wanted to do. I'm going to have a million listeners in a week because I'm amazing. Everybody's going to know it. And then like, I, then I realized, oh wait, how? Yeah. How do you put the podcast on the internet? <laughs> I, I was there. I call myself an accidental podcaster because I was doing public speaking. Yeah. I can do that. I can show up and talk right. all day long. When right. you start adding all the elements of a podcast, I was like, well, what do you do? I don't even know how to, like, I don't know yeah. what to do. I had exactly. to hire somebody. I'm like, here, you do that because I don't know what I'm doing. So I, I mean, help you with that, by the way. Yeah, it was like, it was so bad. It was so yeah. bad. It was like, and, and that's the thing, like, no matter what the business is, right. And, you know, I work, I work with people consulting and coaching and stuff too, um, which mm. I accidentally started coaching. I've, I've been consulting. For I like how time. you said accidentally. It was, it just like starts happening like, oh, okay. Apparently I'm a coach now. Oh, Surprise. Apparently I'm doing this now. Well, you know, so I don't know. It's just, I, I've, I've kind of go with the flow in life. But anyway, yes. yeah, I've worked with like companies and, you know, that you start a business because that one or two things that you do like amazing. And it does mm-hmm. not mean that you do all the things amazing. Actually, right. At the time you majorly suck at the rest of the things. Oh, heck but, yeah. You know, these couple of things you're doing, like you're slamming, you're rocking it out. That's right. what, you know, they're focused on, but all the other stuff is kind of like, they don't know what to do. And, right. you know, I started finding that with myself, you know, mm-hmm. early on in my own business ownership that, you know, I knew the things I knew, but the other stuff I was like, I don't know what to do, but I didn't have the budget, you know, mm-hmm. so just hiring That's all these people in. So I started coming up with this concept of bartering it out. I'm like, okay, well, I do this well, you do that well, let's, let's swap. (laughs) Right. You know, and help each other grow. And I think that we've got away from that bartering and maybe it's because I grew up super redneck in Tennessee. Like I mentioned to you before (laughs) I'm on there, we didn't have any money. So we was bartering fools. I hear you. Everything. Cause we didn't have any money. <laughs> we were like, really? I will trade you some of this for some of that type of thing. I like and that. I like I, trade. <laughs> I do. And I think that we've got away from that because a lot of yeah. people just sit back and wait and wait and wait right. instead right. of being resourceful right. and thinking, okay, well, I don't have the cash to do this. What else do I have? Well, I have this skill. They need that skill. Well, let me see if we can swap it out. You mm-hmm. know, and I think sometimes people are so afraid to ask because they don't want to look vulnerable. Oh, yeah. Like, that's how I got, like, when when my podcast started, literally, I had no idea what I was doing. And I thought it was just conversation. Just, like, just yeah. talk. No organization. Just talk. And then I realized I had these dead air moments. And I was like, okay, that's not okay. And then I was just, literally, I wasn't even editing the show. Yeah. I was just putting it out. And then... I saw like one listener, two, You're when like, I got 10, yeah. yeah, I was like, rock on, you know what I mean? I was like, I made it, I have 10 listeners. 
you know, like small victories though, right? (laughs) Yeah. But the thing is, then I realized like, oh, and then as I started to continue the journey, I think that's how my show started to have a theme Mm -hmm. and, and it started to develop and I'm five years in now. Like I actually stepped away from my show. I stepped away from it because I was in that corporate world. Like literally I quit my job like last month, you know what I mean? And and I was doing very well financially. And I said, I'm not doing this anymore. Not because I didn't love it. It's because I realized that, holy crap, this wasn't my plan. My plan was to come here, but still work on my plan A. But yeah. because I had this plan B, I got sucked into my plan B. And I wasn't working on plan A. Yep. And then I beat myself up about that. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, because I always think like, I'm going to be just this perfect person. And I started to recognize, like, wait a minute, like, just like my buddy said, like, this is a work of art, in a sense, like, you're supposed to show the not so good moments, and show the amazing moments as well, not just the polished products, because when people know what it took to get there, and like, even that I went through, like, depression, and I still go through anxiety, and, and all of these things, you know what I mean? And I'm still able to do this. That's what I really want to share because that's what's going to help other people know that they can. Like, you don't have to have, like, I know even, what was it, in the group that we were part of, it's like, people were selling things even when they didn't have the program together. Like, they sold the program, but they didn't have the program written. They they just did it as they went. Yeah. It's it's crazy. It's like, you know, that's why, you know, I, I kind of trying to keep that in my head about being impossible like there's no such thing there's no such thing and and also to to also recognize that voice inside like that voice inside I was pushing it down like every time I would hear it I would push it down I'm like no my friend said this or my mom said this or my dad said this and what ends up happening is this like tug of war Mm -hmm. because like one person's pulling you this way another person's pulling you this way and then you're not listening to you and it it gets pretty crazy in there (laughs) Oh, that's, I, I feel you. I mean, that's, and I think that is why it's so important to be transparent and vulnerable, mm-hmm. like you said. And I think, you know, it took me a while to come full circle on that, but I'll, I'll never mm-hmm. go back. Number one, it's freeing to talk about Heck the days yeah. that I struggle and we all have those negative voices in our head um, mm-hmm. whether it's been stuff that other people have said or whatever and then we also right. have, you know, the cheerleader side. And like you said, it's like a battle in there, yeah. which can make you feel like you are crazy sometimes but, oh yeah oh it, it, I mean, but if you don't talk about that then you know the person that's sitting there going through the same thing if they're not hearing somebody else say this stuff is going on with them too they think they're the only one and they right. talk themselves out of doing whatever it is because yeah. they think well i can't do this because of this or i can't do that because yeah. of that and you know like you said you figure it out and you perfect things as you go along perfection you know is a verb not a noun you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just mm-hmm. like we said earlier, the purpose is a verb, not a noun. Like all of yes. these things are very fluid, but we get wrapped around our mind that they're, they're like a, a point, like a point that you reach and then right. stagnant. But that's not how it is. You know, right. we're all going to go through these emotional hurdles. We're going to go, some people are going to go through physical hurdles. I mean, some people Heck are yeah. going through awful, terrible, terrible things. But mm-hmm. you read about some of these people that have done amazing things. You don't hear about anybody that had it super easy. It's always right. the people that went through some really rough yeah. times and still persevered. 
yeah i feel like that in those moments develop resilience yep like it's almost like it it's like a blessing in disguise it's like yeah it was really tough it sucked and like even for me like i i remember my parents would say uh with an accent they would say you're walkless I'm like, what the heck is walkless? And I'm, I'm trying to look it up in the dictionary. The dictionary was my best friend growing up. You can only Hold imagine. Hold on a second. Hold on just a second. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, you said what now? Like they would say so many, because, you know, I'm going to school. Everybody speaks without an accent. Yeah. But in my home, I hear an accent. So I'm like, what do you mean by that? And you know what? The most de- one of the most devastating days of my life and my childhood was when I looked up what they were saying. And they were saying I was worthless. And when I looked up that word and I found out what it meant, I was like, wow, like these people brought me onto this planet and they don't feel like I'm worth anything. I'm nothing. I'm nothing. And that like crushed me. I was just like, holy crap. Like if it's coming from them, like what's the point of living anymore? Yeah. I got to that suicidal point in my life where I'm like, you know what? If, if they don't, see my worth who will who will and then for some reason i couldn't do it i couldn't do it because something inside of me was saying no like stay here like just keep going even though it's gonna feel like crap i i was really low like really low i've gotten sick i had issues with my thyroid i weighed like 118 pounds like i was still repeating these things in my head you know what I mean? That shows you the power of words. And I think we all need to be careful because, you know, again, kind of taking it at a 50,000 foot view, I'd say your parents were so hurt and damaged with their own choices that a lot of times you accidentally project your own failures onto your kids or your loved ones. Our loved ones usually get sadly the worst of us many times. Yes, exactly. It's sad. I mean, it is. And Mm. you know, I, I try to be super conscious about my words. I've not always been perfect. And whenever I've said stuff, I've always gone back to my kids and said, listen, I don't mean that. I shouldn't have said that. You know, I'm upset with me right now. I'm not upset with you. You know, and I think that accidentally, it does. And I think, you know, again, coming from the adult perspective now, I mean, my parents said stuff to me that it like, much like you just like seared me. I mean, and it did, but you know, I have to take a step back and forgive them because I know they were speaking out of a place that they were not upset with me. They were upset with themselves and what they allowed to happen in their own lives that they didn't take the stand. They didn't keep pushing forward and they wasn't stubborn enough to go through the tough Mm -hmm. times and still keep pushing. You know, they were mad at themselves. Exactly. Because that's when I had to look back and I was like, oh, wow, like this cycle has been continuing in my family. Like this happened before them. Yep. That happened to the people that raised them. Like this has been going on. And I think that's when I started to wake up to it. Like, oh, like it's up to me. Like I have to own this and acknowledge it. And dare I say, transmute that energy. Mm-hmm. I always say on my show, like energy can only be transferred, never destroyed. Yep. Because, you know, yes, somebody can show you, you know, you know, hate or, or disgust, but it is up to you to acknowledge that it's not necessarily about you. You, you kind of have to transmute that and, and change it into something else. So whether I, you know, so the way I use it now or I'm transmitting that energy is being the change. Yeah. You know, being the change that I want to see, because I'm pretty sure other people that are 
Jamaican or group in the Caribbean, we're raised in a tough kind of atmosphere. Like you, you know, you need to get up and do this and do that. Like you're almost just like a worker, you know, I'm sure not everyone, but some. And to realize that there's a blessing to be this worker person, but you still should still listen to that inner voice and apply it to your purpose Yeah, and take time to find your purpose. Like I like to even share, um, my sister went to school in Maryland And one thing that I never personally saw before was um, a granddaughter graduated and then she handed the diploma to her grandmother that also graduated with her in the same class. Oh, wow. See, that's powerful. You see what I'm saying? And I'm like, when I saw that, I'm like, it's never too late. No, it's, it's, it's never gone. too late. Nope. You know what I mean? Like, you have to kind of like acknowledge these moments and almost like look at yourself from the outside in and the inside out. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's when you kind of start to find and learn yourself. And when you learn yourself, that's how you find your purpose. But there's always light at the end of the, t- the tunnel. It's, but you have to build it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think, I think that whenever you're learning all these things about yourself, or this has been true with me, it also helps you figure out what's going on with other people too. Cause you'll see the hateful person that at the mm-hmm. gas pump and, you know, normally be like, God, you're an idiot, you know, flip them off or whatever. But now yeah. you can kind of, <laughs> you can kind of say, well, dude's probably going through some shit. You right. know what I mean? It's we're so quick to judge people's mm-hmm. reactions without kind of, right. dig- and, and I'm not saying that people should be, a-holes because they shouldn't but there's usually more to it than that there's usually something they are going through or maybe their perception or you know whatever it is and Mm -hmm. I think like for me figuring out my own issues has allowed me to kind of look at other people and say okay what you're doing is completely shitty however you probably Mm -hmm. got more going on and you know than I know you know right I think I think that 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 goes along with just figuring out your own purpose because Heck yeah. it allows you to be, have a broader definition of who you are mm-hmm. as a person. And like you said, energy, I mean, energy, you can feel the energy in a room. You can feel if it's good Heck energy, yeah. you feel if it's negative energy. Yeah. And I mean, I think that is super powerful that I don't think enough people acknowledge. That. Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of like why I left my corporate job because I'm like, you know, yes, I can always be this, you know, and I, and I can always, you know, maintain this, but there's other things, you know, like in the corporate world, you know, you have so many different dynamics of people that are working together to get towards a destination. However, without being vulnerable, being able to be open, being able to speak freely, what you have is people that are in mental cages and then they don't, and then they don't open up and then they're just like, yeah, whatever. And then, and then you don't have participation. How are you going to move forward? without acknowledgement yep. you know what I mean like admit like in the moments where you're not being perfect you know what I exactly. mean exactly like, admit that you made a mistake but corporate world's like oh the numbers are down the numbers are down yeah and, and then you're standing back <laughs> going I know why they're down yeah because you know it, that's that's what bothered me so much is because you can right. you can see all the dysfunction and yet mm-hmm. nobody is calling it the way that it is. They just keep exactly. trying to push forward. They're just like blindly barreling forward without yeah. figuring out what is going on. And that drove me 
crazy. I'm like, yep. why are we not fixing this? Why do we just keep yep. running forward and doing the same yep. thing and then having the same meeting about exactly. what we kind of meeting about? <laughs> and you're not fixing it. I mean, it was driving me crazy. You know, and it's, exactly. it's, it was a big company that I work for. So it's not like yeah. I had any say so. But it was like, I'm like, you know, I, oh, I always would man. bring up to a, a friend of mine that worked there too. I'd be yeah. like, you ever looked up? The definition of insanity. Have you ever looked that up? Yeah. Oh my God. I love that you're saying doing the right same now. thing and expecting <laughs> different results. And I'm like, why are why are we all insane? Why are we doing this? You know, and it was just Literally. it was exhausting. <laughs> oh, seriously, it was exhausting. I'm like, I can't. I mean, and like people were just blindly. It's it's almost like right. I, I would I always reference the Matrix. I'm like, it's a freaking yes. Matrix. Everybody's in the Matrix, and I'm over there yes. like, apparently I took the other pill because I'm over there going, Neo. why? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Like, and I was driving myself crazy. I, I got yeah. to the point that, you know, I, I, like I told you, my, <laughs> my home life was crazy. And, you know, it yeah. was just like exhausting home. My work life was completely insane. And right. I'm like, something's got to give. Something's right. got to give. So I, you know, left my career and I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to figure out. And I had no idea what I was going to do. Like mm. none. Like I had no wow. idea. I had no idea, I, but yeah. I knew I had some skills that were marketable and I worked freelance at first before I started my own company Yeah, because I was just like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know I can't do this. You know, right. I know I can't do this right. anymore. It was just, it was beating me down. And, yeah. you know, like I said, my personal life was too, but you know, that was my family. I was, you know, I needed to be there for my family. Yeah. The work side, I was like, well, that's got to go and I'm going to figure it out. And that was the best yeah. decision that I made. Congratulations, I made. by the way. And well, and I think it's taken that hard step. Like sometimes yeah. it's like the writing on the wall was there for a long time and yeah. I knew what I needed to do, but I was so scared to take that jump, to take that. Leap. Right. Same. Know, and the fear holds you back. Mm-hmm. But you know, from the moment that I did it, yeah, from the, well, from the moment that I did it all the way home, I ugly cried on the phone with my husband. But after that, <laughs> after that, <laughs> after that, I felt a little lighter and a little more free and right. I still didn't know what I was going to do. Right. I breathe. You know what I mean? Heck that yeah. much of the stress was gone. I'm like, well, that's I don't exactly have it figured out. Yeah. I mean, then I think that's key. Go ahead and do it afraid. Yeah. Be scared. Like that's so it's like, literally I'm like, Oh my God. So at least like you were crying on the phone with your husband. I was just like at my desk at work. <laughs> and I just like, yeah. and then my coworkers are like, don't go. And I'm like, but I keep feeling this <laughs> pull to get the hell out of here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I, I should have oh, done it man. a long time before that. Right. Same. You know, same. I, I mean, I really think like the universe, God, or whatever it is you believe, like yeah. it pushes us into a certain way. And if we're fighting it, it's going to be so much mm-hmm. harder. You know, it's like mm-hmm. going against the current. You're going to wear yes. yourself out going against yes. the current. Yeah. Ride with the current. You just lay back and go with the flow. You know what I mean? Literally. And it's, that's, that's made the biggest twist and turn in my life is taking the pause to say okay Mm -hmm. which way is the current going and going with the current instead of only trying to swim upstream (laughs) right because you know i think naturally as humans like we go for what is perceived to be easy that's the perception we have like for me going into the corporate world it was easy because i knew i had great customer care skills i knew like that was something i actually genuinely love still love i even started a segment on my show called quality theory because of that yeah. But I want to share like my knowledge because I don't want that to die in a sense. Yeah. Like, I still want to help people in that avenue. I just want to do it the way I know. You yeah. know what I mean? Absolutely. But, you know, that path, 
you know, seemed easy because it's a consistent paycheck. You know, I could pay my bills with no worry. Um, I can go out, you know, I could do stuff. But the issue is, it's like, okay, well, do you choose that path? Or do you go for the path that's not going to be as easy? You know what I mean? Where now I'm kind of doing something like you, where it's like, you know, you do a little job here, you do freelance. Mm -hmm. You don't really know when the money's going to come in all the time. It's usually feast and famine. (laughs) Right. Literally. It's like, you know, you don't don't know. And sometimes it can be really high and then sometimes it can be kind of low and you have to Mm -hmm. adapt. But the one thing you do have is like your integrity, your dignity, your purpose, like your sense of self. Yeah, and options. Like, you can actually say no. Yep. Like, in corporate world, it's like, all right, we're going to need it done by Tuesday. You know, but here you can be like, you know what, this is, you know what, although, you know, you seem like a right fit, you know, let me maybe refer you to someone else or so. You know, you have the ability to choose. And that's, and that's the beauty of it. And it's like, all of a sudden, from last month to now, although I'm not saying it's a cakewalk, this is not easy. You know, yeah. this is not easy at all because I'm trying to get my rent right now. I'm trying to get my oh, car yeah. payment. Yeah. But still, I, I have a peace of mind as far as I work my own schedule. Yeah. I can come home. Like, I, I came back yesterday. I did a podcast. Now I'm going to edit it after this. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I have more time to focus on my plan A than ever before. Yeah. And that's what I'm grateful for. And I think it takes those hard decisions. You know, I think, mm-hmm. I think for me, I felt like the easy way was like, I felt like it was a reverse. Like I felt like I was on the easy path at corporate because some things were right. easy, but in reality, that was really the rapids in disguise. And yeah. then it's flip flop now to where the things that used to be easy is the rapids, but I feel right. You know what I mean? I feel like the easiness right. of it is the fact that I'm not answering to somebody else. I'm not on right. somebody else's timeline. I'm not on right. somebody else's dream. You know, I'm not working right. for somebody else's dream that really, we don't even know what the dream is because mm-hmm. corporate does a terrible job of telling people what the dream is. It's just mm-hmm. do A, B, C, D. Why? Right. If you are halfway an intelligent person, you're going to have that question of why. And if that question's Always. not answered, you're going to be a half-ass employee at best. Yep. It's just people, yep. people that are, you know, naturally just curious and naturally entrepreneur minded usually have that drive and that hustle, but they also have the question of why are we doing this and why are we doing it like right? This? Where are the answers? Yeah. Like, tell me why, because this is the, the, the whole importance of why, why is purpose. Yep. So if you don't answer why I cannot fuel how. Yep, Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's, it's so important, but it's always like pushed to the side. It's like, just do it because it's so funny. I was just watching a documentary on Netflix. I'll tell you about it later, but they were saying there's only two companies that refer to people as users, which are drug companies and the tech industry. I was like, Ooh, that's <laughs> creepy. Wow. It's like, you're not even looking at humans. No, you're looking at data. You're looking yep. at numbers. Yep. Where is the humanity? Yep. Where is it? That's literally what my company specializes in. And I I've segued right. over the last three years from when I started my company I freelanced like the first year and a half. And then for the last three years, I've had my company, but I've Mm -hmm. come full circle that I was just going in and, you know, consulting with companies, which I still do. Mm -hmm. But now my specialty is humanizing the companies. Absolutely. I'm tired of this. And data is important. Don't get me wrong. Data tells you what's happening and where you need to go. It's it's a tool. 
you know, yes. that's not the drive. That's not the purpose. And, right. you know, humanizing your company is, is key, whether it's humanizing it court towards your ideal client or humanizing it internally right. from a leadership right. perspective. Right. That is the key to having a good company. And I think right. most companies are not doing a good job of that. Right. And especially during this time, like yep. that's something I talk about in my quality theory segment, because, you know, all companies want the customer to come back. They always yep. want the customer to come back, but you're not focused on those key metrics to create loyalty. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like loyalty is how you treat another human. How do you serve them? Yep. But you're looking at the numbers as primary. Just like you said, the numbers are important. You need to know those metrics. You need to know who's coming to your business. However, how, how do you connect with another human? You need to be empathetic. You need to build rapport, like all those natural, it's crazy. It's like, we're teaching how to be human again. Yep. Yep. And, and you know, there's many ways to get a customer. You could always try to be the bottom dollar. You can always have the top, right. top quality product, right? But most companies don't fall into either of those categories. You're there in right. the middle. So, right. you know, it's even, I mean, why, whether it, it's important for all of them, but it's really important for those ones mm-hmm. in the middle because that's literally all you got. I know right. for me, I'm very brand, you know, I love certain brands because of what they stand for and I'll pay more. You I don't see? care to pay more. <laughs> I will exactly. pay more all day about. long exactly. because I feel like they see me, they know me, they understand me, and I like right. what they stand for. So fine, you're double, fine, you're double. I will pay double for something I believe in opposed Literally. to half for something I don't. So, right. I mean, you know, people right. get so hung up in the numbers, and that's fine. Definitely needs to be looked at. However, be something that someone believes in. Be something that is an inspiration. Really yeah. tap in and understand your target audience. Forget the mm-hmm. price. That's an afterthought. Right. Just like you said, like money is not a factor when you have quality as the forefront and humanity. Because like, that's what I was literally, literally just talking about yesterday. I'll, I'll put that out and I'll share it with All you. Right. But, you know, literally saying how, like, I don't, when I go to certain companies, I don't worry about the price. Yep. And, I, and the funny thing is, it could even be the same product at another business. But that business is not marketing to me as far as what you do for humanity. So chances of me going there, even if I could pay less, I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. Because I want you, because I see what you do. And it's almost like you want to be like that. Yeah. It's a part of you. It's like an extension of you. It is. It's, it's, it's part of a whole experience. We right. humans crave experience. And, mm. you know, we also want to be seen. We want to be heard. We want to be understood. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you can tap into those aspects, you know, people do things because they're emotionally driven to do them. Heck yeah. You know, and if you can tap into that emotion, mm-hmm. that's what you need to focus on. The numbers will be there. Focus exactly. on the emotion. Yep. That's, ugh, I love that you're saying this. Is this the final thought? That's a final thought. I'm going to let you kind of add emotions to that. Even Well, I guess the final thought, I guess we could, I went back and forth on whether to bring this up, but you said your friend likes Tennessee accents and I can't get that out of my head. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to talk about that as a final thought, actually. <laughs> so before we went on air, I'm going to give everybody the backstory. Before we went on air, we were talking about just stereotypes and accents and Um, was talking about that. I grew up in Tennessee, as many of you Mm. all know, and I've been in the North now for a while. So I have a completely horrible muddled accent. And that when I talk about Tennessee, my accent Mm. starts to come out. Well, she was saying, you were saying that, um, your friend loves Tennessee accents. Oh my gosh. She loves it. 
she's just like she friend. spoke to Bessie Dean or whatever. She's just like, <laughs> oh my god, I just like Bessie love Dane. that accent. Why? Yeah, Bessie Dean <laughs> from Tennessee. I'm from Bessie Dean from Tennessee. See, that could be a whole nother segue of thought here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to know because I feel like that's abnormal. But I want to know is it normal. <laughs> I feel like, and maybe I have my own stereotype. I grew up in Tennessee, so I do not yeah. find it a great accent, but mm-hmm. maybe other people do. Now, when I'm thinking of a great accent, you know, I'm thinking yeah. like, actually, I think Jamaican is a great accent. I think Australian is a great accent. Mm-hmm. I even think like the British is a great accent. Spanish mm-hmm. is a great mm-hmm. accent. I have never once in my entire life thought Tennessee, Tennessee is yeah. a great accent. Never. I don't know. I'm going to ask her a little bit more. Yeah. Of why she feels this way, I just, but well, we need to know. she's got some kind of weird cowboy. You gotta have a chat something. one day. She's, she's got... like, "Oh my god, you're from Tennessee. Can I have your she's... autograph?" So, I wonder, is it really the accent, or is it like this thing where she likes like Southern guys and tight Wrangler jeans because they no, have that accent? It's just the accent. Is it because I'm just trying she's to my figure? Girlfriend. Out... It's definitely not the dudes. Okay, well maybe she likes Southern girls. Maybe it's a Dolly Parton. Yeah, probably. Fan. Maybe it's a maybe it's a Dolly Parton fan as me. She's a Dolly Parton. Is she a boob girl? This is what I need to know. <laughs> See, now we're getting deep. We're getting real. Maybe. <laughs> well, 